Welcome, wombat folk and trolls, sorcerers and orcs, to Rated RPG, the fantasy role-playing podcast where we toss dice and have fun adventures with our friends. This is the Valley of Green Gold, episode 33. So we've had a lot going on in recent episodes, perhaps most notably, you guys named the party. What is the uh, party name, guys? Whoop, whoop, true, whoop, whoop, whoop. <laughs> And there are plenty of open threads uh, lying out in front of us. I'm not sure which of the threads you guys are going to follow. I don't know if we'll be able to follow all of them, at least maybe a couple. So I want to do a big recap that covers all of the possibilities. I'm going to try to do this as fast as I can. So Dion, we'll start with you. The whoop, whoop, troop beat up Don Goose. Why? We beat up Dom Goose to get chocolate, man. And we needed the chocolate so Wendell could meet the old witch lady, <laughs> Madam Schmoopy, I believe. Yes. Yeah, you guys made a deal with Don Goose to beat him up so that he was kind of in on it, but then it, it went sideways. What was that all about? Well, I didn't realize, one, how strong he was, and more importantly, Club had just froze him and would hold person, and so we just... We oversold the butt kicking, essentially. Uh, let me clarify. I paralyzed him. Yeah. It's a little different than freezing. <laughs> Touche. He felt like, I think, you guys came on a little too strong. So, yeah. Uh, what do you think Bunny and the rest of the party should expect from Don Goose? Every time we've seen him since, he's just had, like, a very murderous energy about him. I feel like there's a, there's a battle coming. He said he was going to get his get back. So, uh, I'm nervous, but we'll, we'll live, probably. Maybe. Uh, you got the chocolates, nonetheless. You gave the chocolate to Madam Schmoopy. Aaron, what was the number one most important thing that Wendell learned from her? Wendell's time is ticking down, literally. There's a clock that tells you when you are within a year of dying. And it was ticking for Schmoopy and ticking for Wendell. And who knows who else it's ticking for. And she can also resurrect people with a little toe or a finger. Schmoopy told Wendell a story about a druid, a ranger, a wizard, and a barbarian who went into the mines decades ago and all but the druid died there. But thanks to the wisdom of the druid, the party had prepared for such an eventuality by cutting off and storing their pinky toes. And then the druid brought them all back, re resurrected them all. It was a neat little lore dump. Wendell cut off a toe like right away. Bunny jumped at the chance to do it, but Brad, why didn't Silbeth do it? Silbeth doesn't trust people very easily, so she doesn't think everything's on the up and up with that, letting a stranger steal her body part. Yeah. Emery, what did Clubhead put in the envelope instead of a toe? <laughs> Well, Clubhead wasn't really sure that it would work for him since his body is, you know, different. Uh, it's a construct, fungal construct. So he mm -hmm. just put some of his spores into a sausage and then <laughs> stuffed that into an envelope. So, yeah, a like a moldy sausage. Okay. You guys went to Solar and Ravensmead's cabin in the forest. What did Wendell do there? Wendell discovered some gold that needed to be uh, kept safe, so uh, he pocketed it and is currently holding on to it until the <laughs> owner shows up. Yeah. Mayor Scout Schellenberg said, yeah, uh, Solarin Ravensmead is not very friendly, and he will be looking for you. So it appears we have multiple people that are not very happy with us, potentially. <laughs> yeah. I think we need to get out of this uh, town for a while until, you know, the heat cools down. <laughs> we gotta leave Crow's <laughs> Island, dude. <laughs> you need to just escape the adventure, yeah. <laughs> There's also one one more there's also one more schmoopy thing oh oh yes what is it so we learned that uh the two adventurers that recently died down in the mines had apparently left their body parts with madam schmoopy 
to be resurrected. Silbeth left a note saying she wants to talk to Madame Schmoopy about that yeah. and where she could reach her. The crux of that is that it costs a thousand gold to resurrect someone from, from a toad. That's what you've been told. Schmoopy isn't going to do theirs for free. She has offered to do, you know, resurrections for your party for free, but you need that money. And Alphonse Derpeder, the guy who went into the mines with those two adventurers, he got paid by a land called Tan. He got paid 2,500 gold for the property that he was given in exchange for going into the mines. So you guys went down to the docks to talk to him, to try to get him to cough up some money to pay for his former party mate's resurrections. That could have gone better. It wasn't that we continuously threatened him, but everything that we said kind of just made him inch closer to getting on the boat. Like, I don't think uh, Bunny explained exactly why we needed to take his money that he just earned. Yeah. And I think I flipped him off as the boat left. That's what I remember. He basically told us that those people were strangers to him. Oh, yeah. yeah. You guys met Tag Pub 7, the automaton that works down at the docks. Uh, that was a fine uh, introduction to a cool character. And then you guys went back into town. You had a run-in with a land called Tan. Yes, he had purchased the plot of land that my friend Muty lived directly underneath. And uh, I was I was terrified that he was going to find her. Uh, so we tried to distract him a little bit and uh, get Muty out. And she agreed, actually, to come live with us now. You guys have, like, a lot of people living with you in this wrestling gym. It's pretty cozy. You've got the uh, Oak Crests living there. You've got the Dread Pirate Jed. Yeah. And now you've got Muty. And, of course, you guys. It's a full house situation. <laughs> Silbeth did talk Alain Coltan into... Uh, letting the oak crest stay at this new development once it's built for as long as they need to. That's true, yes. As soon as he gets it built, they can stay there until they get back on their feet, uh, which could take them the rest of their lives, maybe. Yep. You guys uh, then ended up in a fight against some ogres who had approached town. Yeah, we basically massacred those guys in their balls. (laughs) (laughs) I believe that one of them escaped or left or we let go or something? You let him go. You like nailed him in the testicles a few times and uh, and then let him go. Yeah, so that's how you teach an ogre a lesson. Someone's got to warn the others. <laughs> and then as soon as that ogre like runs off toward the forest to get away from you guys, all of a sudden there's a horde of rot grubs. Yeah, crazy. You guys did a great job uh, lighting them on fire and basically destroying these hundreds and hundreds of rot grubs. Moments later, Sheriff Dandy Griffin shows up. He he deputizes you guys and sends you down to the rot grub farm to investigate and talk to Trickles. Uh, you guys stopped at Moss Ass's shack on your way. Brad, what did you all learn at Moss Ass's? We met this interesting person who was there named Beaver. Yeah. He seemed uh, definitely like a wilderness kind of fur trapper guy. He claims he's a druid, but Moss Ass says he's not. Mm. He also had blood on him, yeah. which definitely could be from animals, but Silbeth yeah. had a little bit of suspicion that it could be tied to what happened at the farm that we learned later. Dion, what did you guys learn at the Rot Grub Farm? We learned that our pal has been moited by his own... Well, it looks like he was murdered at first by like the Rot Grubs getting out, but the longer we investigated, we found that um, the, the wall that kept him in or whatever had been like purposely broken down. We like rummaged his home. Uh, didn't we find like a notebook or something? That was Silbeth that found the wall. Or no, we found some spices or um, peppers, right? 
Peppers, yep. Yeah, that's pretty much what I remember. I took his axe. Yeah. And then we went back to uh, Mossas. And I think we were suspicious of Mossas hiring Beaver. At least I was. Like, I was like, this he's got blood on him. I don't know him. <laughs> and this is all, like, within, like, the amount of time that it looked like he could have killed him as a payment. Because Mossas is very hush-hush, and he's a very open guy. So him being like, I don't like mixing people knowing who my customers are. Thank God Silbeth is nosy and, like, snuck in while we talk to Mossass. <laughs> Mossass is cooking us up some fire-breathing potions. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, from yeah. those hot peppers you found. Yeah. You also took ownership of a couple of big bottles of a liquid that causes sterility. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. the reason, Mossass told you, that any escaped rot grubs can't make more rot grubs. Yeah. He had helped trickles treat the rot grubs with this sterility fluid. And, and Beaver sounded like Matthew McConaughey, which is sus as hell as well. <laughs> You found Trickle's bones. They'd been picked clean by the rot grubs, but there were claw marks on the rib bones. Claw marks that looked like they were of a monster hand type claw, right? Yeah, and that's part of the reason we thought maybe Beaver did it. You know, like wild shaped because he's a druid or he claims to be a druid. Wild shaped into a bear or something and then mauled him to death. Well, who had reason to kill Trickle's? Oh, uh, Dandy Griffith. Yeah, the sheriff. I mean, Griffin. (laughs) Dandy Griffin. Yeah, but we, didn't we realize that the uh, claw marks were not really consistent with the griffin? They were not consistent with the griffin, you're correct. Yeah, yeah the, the name Alain Coltan had come up in your discussions. Like, yeah, he's got reason to want yeah. Trickle's dead. Because the rot grubs, you know, would eat into, yeah. literally eat into the livestock business. <laughs> Alain Coltan and Kyle. Yep. <laughs> and you've heard Kyle's name come up before. Kyle sells things in town occasionally, in addition to running a livestock farm. Uh, he was leading the charge to have rot grubs outlawed on Crow Island. Yep. Uh, so, you know, Coltan and Kyle, and, you know, there might be others who would have reason to have Trickles killed. Just Kyle. His name is just Kyle. That's it. <laughs> as far as you know, yeah. Kyle the beef farmer. <laughs> Goddamn Kyle. I hate that guy. I did write down biggest beef farmer Kyle, parentheses, jerk. <laughs> There are a few other threads that are open. Rokan reminds you that he's waiting and he's counting on you to get that bard, Argus Hawksong, to come back to his tavern to perform. You've also not looked into the dragon turtle that washed ashore after the dread pirate Jed killed it. And of course, there's still the stray dog problem. So with that... We're basically caught up. Yeah. And you guys have leveled to level four. So we're going to go through. Aaron, we'll start with you. What is new for Wendell at level four? Wendell has some more hit points, of course. A couple new uh, spell slots. Um, Wendell now knows how to cast Thunder Wave and Grease. Grease. I love that movie. No, I don't. (laughs) Really don't like that movie. And also... Darkness, Spider Climb, Misty Step, and Web. A wombat with Spider Climb is terrifying, and I don't know why. Well, you know, Wendell's had problems climbing stuff, so this uh, this will hopefully allay the issues. Booty bombs from above. That's all I see. <laughs> Wendell also increased his strength and intelligence. Strength to be a better wrestling partner, and intelligence to be a better spellcaster. What is Wendell's strength right now? It is 14. Yeah, you're stronger. You're stronger than Bunny. Wow! Straight up, I'm 12, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you could throw Bunny around, throw him into the ring. <laughs> Seriously. 
That's crazy. <laughs> I love this game. Is that everything for Wendell? Uh, yes, I believe so. Oh, I also have uh, Grim Harvest uh, since level two, but I've only just added it to my character sheet. I don't know that you've cast any spells to to utilize Grim Harvest, so not particularly. That, that makes no. sense. What is Clubhead's strength? Uh, eight. <laughs> You're the strongest in the party, Aaron. I'm a freaking I'm a wizard. <laughs> Dion, what's new for Bunny? Uh, a couple more hit points, and it's actually correct this time. Uh, I'd say the most important thing I got is uh, Hype Man. No one, we don't have a healer. Our team doesn't heal. We we just live somehow. Yeah. So Hype Man allows me to grant up to eight temporary hit points. Um, just gas the people up. You know, you feel a little bit stronger. Um, other than that, my dexterity is now 18, so I'm going to do a lot of more flipping and leave the muscle men stuff to Wendell. And I got one more ice cold point. That's pretty much it. The ice cold points, you can use them to, like, juice up your moves, to do more damage. You can, you know, defend yourself a little better, take less damage. Now you got hype man. You can take uh, temp hit points or share them. It's awesome. <laughs> uh, Brad, what is new for Silbeth at fourth level? Silbeth opted to go with a feat uh, rather than increasing abilities, so she uh, picked Metamagic Adept. Ooh. She gets a couple of new Metamagic powers as well as some more, meta- some more uh, sorcery points. She already had Twin Spell, which um, allows you to duplicate a uh, a single target spell, um, and she also had Seeking, which um, allows you to re-roll a, a spell attack miss. Now she also has Empowered, uh, so with Empowered, any damage that I do, I can use a sorcery point to re-roll mm. any number of dice up to my Charisma modifier uh, to try to do more damage. Um, and she also has Quickened Spell, which turns uh, a spell that is normally an action into a bonus action. That's a lot of cool stuff, and it's a lot of stuff that I am definitely not going to remember in the heat of the moment. So <laughs> totally. I'm going to ask that, uh, yeah, we all got to help the DM. Yeah, it's, with that. it's a lot of stuff, definitely. Uh, I'm, I might even have a hard time remembering all the stuff I can do with that. She also learned a new cantrip, Infestation, which basically sends a bunch of bugs around a person and uh, damages them, and then they... Uh, like move in a random direction if they fail their saving throw. Yeah, and it can distract them too from whatever it is they're doing, right? Right, exactly, yep. And then new second level spell of Tasha's Mind Whip. Wow. Which does psychic damage, and then the next turn, they only get one of a move, an action, or a bonus action. That's pretty stacked up, I like it. Yeah, it's a good level. Emery, what's new for Clubhead? Clubhead got an ability score improvement. He put a point into wisdom and constitution. So now rocking a 18 wisdom and a 16 constitution. He's a tough little guy. Yeah. Other than that, he's just picked up another spell. Uh, He can prepare spells every day, though, being like a divine caster. So what, what spells I select, you know, that's not set in stone. Yeah. But I've been thinking, oh, I should probably get some sort of, like, concentration spell. And I'm trying to pick spells for Clubhead mostly that I can sort of flavor to be, like, fungus-related. Yeah. That's why I haven't picked up, like, Moonbeam yet, because I haven't figured out exactly how I would make that fungus-related, but... Shroombeam! <laughs> Shroombeam! Oh, <laughs> my God! That's awesome. Okay. You did it. You figured it out. All right. He's getting Shroombeam. <laughs> <laughs> <Nice. laughs> 
One of your characters has a a feature, uh, Wendell. It's sort of like a divine inspiration. What is it called again? Where you you've concentrated on something and you can't figure it out, and then all of a sudden, Eureka! Eureka moments. Yes. If you fail an in- investigation check, you will sometimes, long after, have a moment of sudden discovery, inspiration, or insight about that which you were investigating. It's not something I think you had an investigation role for, but it is something that I think Wendell would have a Eureka moment about. Huh. It occurs to you, like Beaver said, he's a druid but there's some suspicion that maybe that's not true. And then you got to thinking more about, like, what exactly is a druid? Like, Clubhead's a druid, but Clubhead may not know everything about all druids because you're kind of a different creature. Uh, Wendell, it occurs to you now that druids cannot cast resurrection. Interesting. You remember reading that somewhere. You don't know where. But it occurs to you that druids not cast resurrection. Mm. And Shmoopy has told you she is a druid. Yeah. There's that. Wow. That occurs to you. <laughs> and at this point, now you got Kyle, right? That you were going to go investigate. You're going to go talk to Kyle. Weren't we like close by him? Cause we got back to town and everyone was around like the damage area or something. A lot of the people that you've met so far in town were there like uh, surveying the damage and looking at the dead rot grubs and the dead ogre and like all this stuff is pretty exciting and scary to the residents of town. Um, But you learn one other detail that I want to give you before you go off looking for Kyle. You find out that uh, you ask around a little bit about Kyle, and you find out that he isn't even on Crow Island right now. He sets sail to the mainland on the same ship that Alphonse Derpader was on. And you find out this isn't exactly suspicious or anything because he often goes to the mainland to get things to bring back to sell. Freaking Kyle. Kyle wouldn't be at home if you went to go visit him anyway. By the way, I'm going to remind uh, everyone that we decided one of the first things that we would do would be to identify all of these items that we've found. Good point. Yes. uh, In fact, you're going to have time to do that because I'm going to give you guys some downtime. Oh, fantastic. I'm going to give you guys two weeks of downtime for your characters to accomplish things outside of adventuring. Um, you know, there's there's questions that remain about Crow Island and the people you've met. You you could go talk to people. You could ask you know people questions, or you could simply uh, investigate them and try to spy on them. You could go to places to try to find information. You might have permission to be in some of those places, or maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> I just remembered one thing. Didn't we get animals too? Buffy the goat is my new ride. <laughs> yes, he has a goat. Yeah, Buffy the goat, the mount. Yeah, you got uh, Clubhead's got Geronimo, and uh, uh, Silbeth has Chubbs, and uh, and Bunny's horse is named Brixton. Um, could we go visit like big landmarks? Yeah, you could definitely do that. Uh, I want to do the the uh, identify first. Oh, okay. Who has identify as a spell? I thought you had it, Clubhead. Uh, identify? No. Oh. Uh, that's a wizard artificer spell. Okay. It is true. Identify is a level so, one divination spell, which can be cast as a ritual. All we got to do is uh, you just got to find somebody who can sell you a scroll of Identify, and then you can add that to your spell book. It's true. Well, I only have 40 gold, so I'm going to have to take 10 out of Solaren's money just temporarily <laughs> until I make it back. Are you letting us know you're doing that? Uh, nope. <laughs> 
No, no, Solaren wants, uh, this is my price for keeping Solaren's money safe for him. Okay. okay. <laughs> Fair enough. 50 gold will get you a first level spell scroll, I would say. And you're going to have to scribe this spell into your spell book so that you have it. Uh, so that's going to cost you uh, materials. Now, thankfully, Wendell, when you were held captive back in Baxter, you were you had those materials. You had the special ink that was infused with the gems, and that is still something that you have, but you don't have a ton of it. Uh, you are down to 75 gold pieces worth of those materials. So uh, you now have the identify spell, and you can use it as a ritual after like a day of, you know, downtime. Yes. So what all you guys want to identify? So Clubhead will prepare Detect Magic, um, which is a divination ritual. Yeah. And he will just cast it and just kind of look over our big old pile of loot okay. and see what things have magical auras. I do have some advice for you. Don't do that in a crypt where, like, things are coming out of vases and stuff. <laughs> I'll remember that the next time I'm in a crypt, Yeah, I hope. I don't have the list of all of the things that you guys have gotten, so... Hopefully you guys have those things written on your sheets. A brass bell tie to a string. That is not a magical item. And it is not cursed. It's just a brass bell. A long brown scarf. The long brown scarf is also just a scarf, and it is not cursed. A pristine alliance of the righteous light amulet. Also not magical, also not cursed. An additional amulet, alliance of the righteous light. Yeah, the newer one. That's the one you found in Solar and Ravensmead's stuff. The other one was on a skeleton you killed. Um, five snacks? <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> snacks. <laughs> Mutie's music box is not magical and not cursed. What about the diamond that I found? Not magical, not cursed. Okay. What about my fake beard? Not magical, not cursed. Oh, sucks. Crystal vial of pink bubbly liquid. It's a love potion. Oh. <laughs> Whoa. Where did I get this? Uh, you got that. Oh, man. I think it was in a box uh, somewhere. I don't, I don't remember where you got it. <laughs> that checks out. Yeah. It's in a box. It's in a box. Guys. We need to slip this into a land called Tan's drink at some point. <laughs> after watching all four seasons of Succession, I can tell you that love and business don't mix. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dude, my kids can tell you that from the Wiggles. <laughs> Seriously, two of the Wiggles were married and then they got divorced. It was messy, but they still had to be the Wiggles together. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, Lucky and Emma were married in a very short period of time. I'm going way back to my prologue episode turkey call not magical not cursed all right i also have a bejeweled velvet robe also not magical and not cursed all right a simple silver ring with a diamond not magical not cursed all right uh how about my club seat uh not magical not cursed but you had that from before yeah that was a gift from uh from uh your old buddy the uh, dwarf my old teacher yeah 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 was um oh what's his name the grot grub farmers was his axe magical by chance yes oh, wow. it is oh yes, it is a plus one axe 
plus one acts. Ah. You don't use weapons. That's true. Because of your style, it's kind of a detriment to use a weapon. It's less effective. Yeah. Can any of us even use it? You're the strongest. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. Yeah, I'm not proficient. <laughs> Maybe we should sell it. Get a little coin. Yeah. Hey, we found this uh, this great axe, this magical great axe. Uh, it just so happens to look exactly like the great axe of that famous guy who died recently. Totally unrelated, though. <laughs> <laughs> The good news is, since we've started playing Valley of Green Gold, you guys have come into ownership of a lot of odds and ends from the table of potentially decent random stuff. And every time you found an object, I've rolled a d20. And if you were to have rolled a one, the item would have been cursed. Yeah. And luckily, none of the items have been cursed. Hey, Ooh, so far. <laughs> In order to sell like a great axe, especially a plus one great axe, you'd have to go talk to Mormir. Mormir is a dwarf who uh, runs Mormir's Hammer, which is a blacksmith shop and a sandwich shop built into <laughs> the same business. Hey guys, I have an idea. When we go in the in this shop, I'm gonna cast darkness, and then we'll take everything. <laughs> Wait, what? What's the name name of the place? Mormir's Hammer. Please tell me that he sells a ham sandwich called Mormir's Hammer. <laughs> <laughs> More mirrors, hammer, and cheese. Yep. Okay, is that is that the place that in episode thirty that Alain Coltan said, "Let's go eat there"? Yes. <laughs> okay, I was going to ask you about that place. All right, cool. That's a great idea. There's no way it backfires. <laughs> You walk into uh, Mormir's Hammer. Half of the building is an open-air forge where uh, Mormir makes you know, horseshoes and other more violent implements <laughs> uh, and, and farming tools and things like that. And then the other half is a sandwich shop where Mormir spends most of his time uh, making sandwiches and selling them. And so he sees you come in and you see this burly dwarf with a long gray beard and long gray braids all pulled back uh, under a cloth hat to keep his hair out of the food because, you know, cleanliness is <laughs> important. And he says, what can, what can I get for you guys? Eh? <laughs> uh, put it on the table. Hey, um, we have this axe that we totally got through legit reasons and we like to sell it. And it's a plus one great axe. Oh, yeah. Well, this looks familiar. I think uh, I might have made this for uh, Trickles the Rut Grub Wrangler. <laughs> Shame of what happened to him down there in his farm. Oh, oh that reminds me. And he takes a, a big piece of chalk and he crosses off the Rot Grub cheesesteak off of his menu. Oh. Can't get that anymore. <laughs> Can't sell that doesn't exist anymore. I'm sure it was delicious. Perhaps you could replace it with the Clubhead's Club Sandwich. Ooh. Mm. Who's Clubhead? What? <laughs> That's me. Well, nice to meet you. I'm, I'm more mere Warbringer. I'm the chief sandwich artist <laughs> uh, shop man, and I'm the blacksmith. Wow, you're very talented. Ooh. There's also a very uh, popular sandwich uh, back where I'm originally from. It's it's a thick uh, patty of beef uh, in in between two buns, and you can put various toppings on it. It's called a hamburger, and I thought maybe Moramir's hamburger could be fun. Oh, a little bit of drool drips down into his beard as he's envisioning this. Oh, and I could put cheese on it too. I'd have to go I'd have to go talk to MC and uh, get some cheese from him. Um, uh, very, very good. Uh, I like that idea. Thank you very much. I'll give you a free sandwich for that. Oh, awesome. <laughs> if 
you wanted, you could name a sandwich after me and call it Wendell the Ham Bat. Interesting. I already have <laughs> hammer and cheese. Uh, I guess that is better. Uh, do you eat meat? Because I know Batima doesn't. Oh, uh, yeah, I'll eat whatever. I don't care. Wait, wait, she's a vegetarian? Yeah, I mean, you are kind of technically a vegetarian as well. Although I suppose if you're forcing meat down in there, it's fine. <laughs> well... He is a wombat foe. Scientists so. are finding out that herbivores like sneak meat quite a bit these days. Yeah, he'll sneak some meat. You better be careful. <laughs> oh, he's a meat sneaker. Oh, I know what you are. <laughs> I do sneak meat on occasion. Yes, don't tell anybody. Okay, I'll, uh, my new sandwich is called the Sneaky Meat Treat, <laughs> and it's named after you in honor of you. <laughs> Thanks. That's wonderful. I love it. Mormir offers to buy the Great Axe for 300 gold. Do we have a sense of whether that's a fair price or not? Well, it's more than I was sold for. <laughs> oh, how much were you sold for? Whatever it was, it wasn't enough. Because Clubhead <laughs> is wonderful. <laughs> they, they got a steal, buddy. <laughs> I think we better just sell it. I, we might, you know, need this money for various things. That's yeah. true. All right. Are we going to just split it? Yeah, of course. We split what I'm... What is 300 gold? Div- 75 each. Oh, look at that. Heck yeah. Hey, um, do you buy, uh, diamonds? I, uh, well, I, I can. I suppose. I don't have much use for them. Is there, a, like, a clothing and jewelry shop in town? There's some, uh, little tents down by the docks where some people set up, uh, just to buy and sell stuff. Sure. Maybe we should go there, Clubhead. Yeah, maybe. Or maybe I could just hold on to it. You never know when a diamond might come in handy. That's true. Plush and ballin'. That's true. I would like to get it appraised, though. That's for sure. Yeah, how much do you think this is worth? And I whip out my giant diamond. Holy smokes! That's a huge diamond, oi, but that's worth a thousand gold, even. Wow. What about this ring? I'll give you 50 gold for it. Okay, well, I'm, I, I'm, I guess I'm going to see what they give me at the docks first, and then maybe I'll come back. Sure, yeah. I am going to prepare Speak With Animals. And I'm going to swallow my pride and debase myself <laughs> and go around talking to dogs. Oh. Okay. Awesome. All right. Yeah. That's a good, that's a, that's the, sim, uh, that's the kind of vibe uh, I think I'm looking for. Like where you would go and do things like for an afternoon or two, right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's what cl- Clubhead is going to do. Uh, what is Bunny going to do? Um, I kind of want to go see Moss ass. I'm, I want, I want to see if he can make me like a potion that would improve my wrestling. Oh, I like that. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what is Wendell gonna do? Wendell's going to go hang out with Batima. Oh, okay. That's a good relationship to have. And uh, what is Silbeth gonna do? Well, the first thing I'm gonna do is go down to the docks and see what they'll give me for this robe and this ring. As you are talking this over with your party, like, I'm gonna take this stuff down to the docks. Bunny, you remember that there is a wrestler in the history of wrestling named the Great Tonko. Now, he's been dead for many, many, many years. And he wore a sequined robe when he would go and wrestle. And this must be Tonko's robe. Silbeth. Yes? That's Tonko's robe! Well... Uh, you know Tonko, right? Um, I, I'm afraid I don't, know. Y- you don't know? He was the greatest wrestler of his era. <laughs> Some people call him Ice Cold before Ice Cold. They don't yet, but they will, <laughs> I promise you. How much do you want for it? Oh... Well, I mean, if it, if, if it means something to you, you can just have it. Oh, my 
you know what? The next time you tell us how to do something stupid, I will probably listen. I promise. <laughs> All right. I didn't know it would have any meaning to anyone, so... <sighs> uh, only only the real diehards, but I'm going to put the beard and the robe on and become Tonko in one match. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> Excellent, excellent. Emery, you should keep that diamond because it could be used as a spellcasting component for a variety of different things. Yeah, especially if it's worth a thousand gold. Oh my god. And wait, and since it's worth a thousand gold, if you ever die, we can give it the money to Smoopy. Yeah. Ah, yeah, yeah. Give me an arcana check, uh, Emery, for Clubhead. I got a zero. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. A natural one. With my intelligence of eight. Okay. <laughs> you start to think about magic, and then your thoughts drift away from magic. Uh, everybody give me an arcana check. Oh, here we go. Big roll. 12. 18. 12. Uh, Silbeth, you remember hearing something about resurrections requiring a diamond worth a thousand gold or more. Okay. You're not sure where you read that or heard that, but that sticks in your mind, and if that diamond is worth a thousand gold or more, it could be used as a uh, component in a resurrection. Has Wendell told us his Eureka thought about druids not being able to cast resurrection? I think, yeah. Yeah, I think there was probably a conversation about that. Okay. Hey, everyone. You know, uh, you know how Wendell remembers that druids can't cast resurrection? Uh well, I, I just remembered that resurrection takes, uh, it, you, it requires a diamond worth a thousand or more gold. That seems to jive with what Madame Schmoopy's been saying, but not being a druid doesn't. Maybe she's not a druid and she lied. I can't fathom it. Maybe she's got some sort of special item or something she uses. She does have a lot of things in her house. Yeah. Or maybe she doesn't actually do the resurrecting. Maybe it's Maddox. Or beaver. Maybe she does it, but she's not a druid. Maybe she's a, uh, like a witch. Yeah. But other people have given her, you know, th parts of their bodies, so this has to be a legitimate thing. Why would other people do it? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> May we burn her? <laughs> yeah, she's a witch. Let's see if she floats. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she's a hag. Oh, okay. Yeah, now things are getting serious. <laughs> well, as luck would have it, just as you guys are sitting down to your three hammer and cheeses and your one brand new item on the menu taking the place of the rot grub cheese steak, Wendell's sneaky meat treat. Sneaky meat treat. <laughs> Vegetarian <laughs> sub with a little bit of meat inside of it. Before Wendell takes a bite of it, he goes, whoop, whoop. <laughs> sneaky meat treat. <laughs> In walks Madame Schmoopy to buy herself some lunch. She actually exists. Oh my gosh. Yeah, we've only seen her through the crack of a door previously. I haven't seen her at all. Oh. Yeah, she's wearing these uh, beautiful, colorful, flowing robes, and she's decked out wearing fancy-looking jewelry. Well, you know, she, she is really well put together. Uh, you know, she's got her hair in a, a very elaborate braid, and she walks up, and she sees that Wendell's sneaky meat treat is a new thing on the menu, so she orders it. And uh, she sees you guys and she waves at Wendell. Hello, Madam Schmoopy. Hello, Wendell. Would you like to uh, eat lunch with us? Sure. I got your envelopes, Bunny and Clubhead. Thank you. We were just discussing. Uh, can you tell us how you do it with just a toe? I cast resurrection, and then I resurrect from the toe. 
Oh, neat. Didn't you? S- uh, oh, I, I'm sorry. I'm I'm Silbeth. Oh. I left you a note. Ah, uh, yes, Silbeth. I I got your note. What is it you'd like to talk to me about? We've been doing a lot of thinking, and you know we. We have um, a good amount of arcane expertise uh, amongst the, this group, and we realized that uh, druids generally don't have resurrection as a spell possibility. So we were, first of all, wondering about that. Oh, that is curious, isn't it? Are you also a mage? Well, it's a rather personal question, don't you suppose? Oh, well, I mean, it's just... I thought it was just kind of like asking what your job is, but okay, I understand. You want to know how I, a druid, can cast resurrection when resurrection is not typically in the realm of druids? Yes, Uh, if that's too personal, I understand. Well, it's because I'm more than a druid. Oh. I was, at one point, simply a druid. Ah, yeah, yes. Yeah, I I thought maybe you were a witch. Oh, the people in this town love to talk about me, don't they? Yeah. By the way, is my sausage going to work? I don't know, but I'm as curious as you are. (laughs) If you should happen to die, I guess we'll find out. Now I kind of want to die. Madam Schmoopy. Yes. You ordered this the sneaky meat treat, didn't you? I did. I am a fan of trying new things. And I ordered it too. But no one else at this table has ordered it. Oh. Do you think it's poisoned and we're both going to die? <laughs> she takes a bite of her sneaky meat treat and says, it tastes fine to me. <laughs> oh, thank God. I know the clock is ticking for both of us, so I thought this could, could have been our moment. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Wendell, it's best to not dwell on that uh, fact. You should live your life. You're right. We should focus on the t- delicious taste of the sneaky meat snuck inside the street. That's right. Enjoy every sandwich. That's a good motto. A couple other orders of business, if I may, Madam Schmoopy. Yes. Number one, uh, we are curious if the two adventurers that uh, recently died in the mines had a resurrection arrangement with you. Not with me, they didn't. They provided their toes, and the arrangement was that they paid me for those, and I would keep them in storage. And then, if they fell in battle, one or the other uh, would come and pay me, or maybe a third party would come and pay me. But I wasn't privy to any of that information. I see. I see. Sometimes the family members of a fallen adventurer will arrive much later and pay to have their family members resurrected. But we could pay for that if, if we wanted to, correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that that money doesn't go to me. It goes to purchase the special ingredients that I need to cast the spell. Ah, The components. uh, Such as the diamond? Uh, Exactly. Uh, You do do know a bit about resurrection, then. Uh, Yes, I I am a sorceress. Ah. The other thing I wanted to mention is, of course, you saw that I didn't give you a, a toe or a finger. Yes. I'm rather slow to trust people. I would not give you that un- until you gained my trust. Selbeth, you have my assurance that she's trustworthy. I mean, look at her. She dresses fun, and she, all everything she says seems excellent. Yes, uh, that people used to say that, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna reference someone that's kind of equivalent to Adolf Hitler in this world. Oh, Jesus. People used to say that about Rondel Ephraim. <laughs> oh, hey, hey, low blow. I'm, I'm not making any insinuations. I'm just saying. Wow. 
people can charm you sometimes, you, you know? Well, Silbeth, I, I got an idea. Um, Snoopy, people have died and you've brought them back before, right? Could we talk to any of them who was in town? A skull is an example of someone who's been brought back many times. I have an idea. Silbeth, you don't trust Madam Schmoopy all the way, but Madam Schmoopy said that all my friends could have a free resurrection. What if you use your free resurrection to resurrect one of the people down from the mine? That's what I was thinking, yes. Mm. Give me a persuasion check, Wendell. That'll be a natural one. I didn't have advantage at all, did I? You are sitting at a table with all of your friends, and Silbeth is the one that brought this up, so I, I think that counts as Silbeth Dude. assisting, right? Yeah! Uh, that means I got a natural 20. Yeah, yeah. you rolled a 1 and a 20. <laughs> Schmoopy leans back in her chair, taking one more bite of her sneaky meat treat sandwich, and uh, she says, you know, Wendell, I like you, and you make a valid point. Yes. Yes. I will resurrect one of the adventurers in exchange for Silbeth's resurrection. Excellent. The power of chocolate. Am I right? Yes. Nice job. Since uh, I wasn't planning on using mine until I trusted you, I might as well do it. Uh, because then if I see it in action, then I would trust you. You won't see me do it. I, I have to go and do it in the privacy of my home. All right. Which one should we bring back, everyone? There was Nikita Blade, who was a female uh, fighter, you presume, based on how she was she was dressed and the equipment she had. And then Glorion Gloryseeker, a uh, well-armored uh, Goliath. I was going to say, whichever, either, whichever one's richer, or we should ask them, because they'll get paid out from completing the mission, right? Like, the money that uh, Old Boy on the Boat guy wasn't for all of them. So they can just repay us. Right? I don't know if they get paid out. I think we should resurrect whichever one was less douchey. Whichever one wasn't a friend of Kyle's. Yeah, we can just ask Schmoopy. Which of them did you like better, Schmoop? Uh, to be honest, I liked Nikita Blade better. I have to tell you, I have some other things I have to accomplish today, and I wanted to take a nap because, you know, after lunch, I like to do that. So it won't be maybe for a day or two before I get around to doing this resurrection. It really drains me, if you know what I mean. Oh, okay. Understandable, completely. Let's, uh, let's go around town and ask people things about them. See if uh, we can get kind of a gist of their personalities. Because, like, maybe Glory on Glory Seeker doesn't speak common. And <laughs> we resurrect him and then, you know. Yeah. You guys are going to go about town. One of the things you're going to find out is you can talk to some dogs. Uh, Clubhead is. And then uh, you're going to ask around who should we have resurrected. And then you'll report that back to Schmoopy. You're not getting any deader. <laughs> Clubhead, you talk to the dogs. What do you want to know? I just want to ask them what they want. Like, wh why they're in town. You know, what they're doing from their mouths. By and large, the dogs are like, we love living here because there's all <laughs> kinds of food, but there's sometimes there's not enough food. And then other times we have food, but you have to fight them each other for food. Uh, but we like uh, we like making puppies we like that <laughs> activity. And then um, the food and uh, puppies and making puppies and um, food and running around playing. That's all good. All right. Uh, I'm gathering that perhaps, guys, the solution to our problem 
could be my big bottle of infertility juice. Oh my god. Yeah, that just occurred to me too. Uh, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> All right. So I'm gonna try to arrange using Speak with Animals. I'm gonna try to arrange for a nice big uh, you know, free doggy treat day. Maybe in, in a week or so. Yeah. Oh no. That's just the evilest <laughs> shit you've ever done. But that is this world's Bob Parker, apparently. <laughs> you know, it's pretty easy to convince these dogs that, you know, hey, in a couple of days, a few days, a week or so, we're going to have this big banquet for you in your honor. All of the stray yep. uh, dogs on uh, in Merchant Harbor. Tell all your friends. Oh. <laughs> yep. Okay. <laughs> What is this going to do to the ecosystem? Like It's going to fix it. That's what. <laughs> so there you go. There you, you are laying the foundation of potentially solving the dog problem on Crow Island. You ask around. You ask uh, Batima and other folks who maybe have a bit of insight. And uh, Glory on Glory Seeker strikes you as a paladin, very trustworthy, maybe a bit full of himself, does speak common. Maybe there's a surface level to Glory on Glory Seeker that is a lot of bravado and for the glory, I shall do it for glory. And, you know. Plus, he kind of sounds like Zap Brannigan, so I'm in. <laughs> Whereas Nikita Blade is maybe a bit more down to earth, not friendly necessarily. So she's a bit more pragmatic. Perhaps. Oh. I think we should do Glorion because he would be sort of honor bound to help us, you know? <laughs> yeah. Silbeth, so you go down to the docks and there are some tents set up there. One of the tents is uh, run by a halfling who has a lot of jewelry and a lot of Odds and ends there. He offers you 60 gold for that ring. I'll take it. Okay, pays you 60 gold. Thank you very much. <laughs> there you go. Wendell spends a couple of afternoons with Batima. What is Wendell's goal for this relationship? Just to get to know Batima a little bit better. Yeah, uh, you do get to know her a little bit better. She comes from a different part of the world than you. Uh, her goals in life are basically just to run her in and enjoy life. And she's very happy that she met Wendell. Oh. You guys are uh, having a, a burgeoning uh, love, I would say. Yes. <laughs> she winks at you and says, I'm going to go and prepare my muffins for you. <laughs> and by that, she means she's actually going to go make some muffins. So. Please. Give me more muffins. Thought we were gonna have to sterilize Wendell too. <laughs> oh God! No. Yeah, do you guys have gloves to? Well, actually, clubhead, you don't have to worry about it because you can handle this fluid and you won't because you don't. Yeah. Um, uh, what else do you guys want to do? I mean, there's all kinds of places you can go. You you might have to break into some places. I mean, if that was a route you wanted to go to get information. I have really high sneak, but I was going to say, can I still talk to Moss ass about some kind of strength potion? Sure. And I would say over the course of time, I mean, you don't even have to go to the moist lands to find Moss ass because eventually you'll see him walking around town. Okay. And uh, he says, yeah, I can I can get you something that's going to make you a better wrestler. It'll cost you 50 gold. That is a-okay. And, and the thing is, Moss ass, you can see, I look good right now. I, I point to the, the abs. I'm, I'm cut like a Julian salad, man. Mm. But what I need is, there's times where, and then I whisper in his ear, Wendell's kind of like stronger than me and I'm a little insecure oh. about it. And I, I want to I wanna be strong too. You know what I'm saying? I want to be like Tonto. You know what I'm saying? You've heard of Tonto, right? Yeah, yeah of course. I mean, who hasn't heard about him? He's famous. <laughs> exactly. Silbeth has, but I think she was homeschooled. So I, we let her pass. <laughs> but yeah, man. 
let me know what I can get. <laughs> yeah, so so you give him the 50 gold, and then uh, he he brings you, like a couple of days later, he brings you a filter <laughs> of strength, a vial of uh, strength potion that will increase your strength <laughs> for one minute by a factor of plus two. Hey, let's get it. I'm writing it down. What else, uh, what else are we going to do? Go and talk to Skull. You guys are all going to go up there and talk to him. What do you want to know? Oh, we want to we want to ask him uh, if it's true that he's been resurrected by Madam Shroopy. Yeah, yeah, I've been resurrected a whole bunch. <laughs> and he points down at his foot, and you can see the scars from his various toes being cut off. And <laughs> oh gosh, he's mi- he's missing three on each foot, and then you notice that he's missing his two smallest fingers on both hands. He's been resurrected ten times. I guess you don't get those back when you get resurrected. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just about out. If I get any more fingers or anything cut off, I won't be able to walk or do anything. <laughs> you remember when you thought we were all Barnaby? Was that because of the resurrections, or did you come back with the same faculties as before? No, I, every time I lose a little something, I'm not I'm not who I used to be. I, I struggle trying to remember things. Even after the first resurrection, you started to lose your memories? You know, I, I barely remember the first resurrection. I remember going into the mines. I was met Solarin Ravensmead and Schmoopy and Maddox, and we went down into the mines because we was hired by the uh, Flark Mining Collective to go and destroy these monsters. And then we went down in there. I don't remember exactly what happened, but... Uh, I got hurt really bad, and then I fell down into a chasm, and then I came back. That's all I remember. You used to go adventuring with Schmoopy and Maddox? You didn't know this. I was the, one of the first. We were the Crow Island heroes. Oh. Went down into the mines together, and then everything changed after that. Did we know that? I don't think we knew that. Didn't we read that in a book about the original party? Yeah. Recently? Schmoopy mentioned that a druid, a wizard, a ranger, and a barbarian went down into the mines. Yeah. Wow. Low-key humble brag on Schmoopy's part, by the way. (laughs) You know, there was this real cool team. You didn't hear about them. Anyway, that's what happened. And uh, I kept going back into the mines because uh, I liked it, you know? I liked smashing uh, monsters. And then uh, I decided to stop because I couldn't remember anything. Yeah. How far did you ever get when you went into the mines? Because the guy we talked to uh, recently who left, he said they only went about to the end of the first floor, I believe. How far did you get? Even though I went down in the mines many times, my memories are hazy. It's like bits and pieces all jumbled together. But I know where you can find more information. There is a place in town where they have books and maps and artifacts. The library? The, 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 it's like a library, but they're different. What, where Mayor Schallenberg is? The museum? There's, there's a mayor. Mayor. The mayor has a tower. That's where all the books are. Okay. Oh. Yes. You know we're a studious group. Do you remember anything about Maddox? We might uh, go pay him a visit in his tower. I don't know if he's even still alive, although his tower continues to be built. It's the craziest thing. Uh, he was a wizard, not very friendly, always reading his spell book. He looks at Wendell. He's kind of like you. Always nose down in the book. Sounds like he wants to learn. Sounds like he's gaining valuable information. He sounds like a fool. Mm, well, no, that's that's one way to look at it, I suppose. That seems like a bit of a hot take. 
Yeah, the real hot take are the friends we made along the way. <laughs> well, guys, I don't know about you, but I have a lot of tainted dog food I need to, to get. Um, <laughs> yeah, so you, you mix up tainted dog food. You notice uh, as you're walking away that somehow uh, in the course of the conversation, Skull grabbed a handful of this tainted dog food and he's been eating it. Oh, no. <laughs> it's That's okay. probably for the best. <laughs> I have a question. Yes. Uh, can I can I use this? Do- well, not for Skull. This is okay. this is a outside of that. Okay. Um, can, can I use this time to create a magic item? Ah, very good question, and a good time to ask it. Emery, wouldn't you agree that Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition is a bit nebulous when it comes to magic item creation? Yeah, they they leave the entirety of magic item creation up to the DM to create uh, whatever they want for that, uh, which is cool in one way, but super not cool in another way because it means you gotta just make a bunch of decisions rather than just consulting a table or something. I was thinking about making a hat of wizardry. Oh. Which I can both use as my arcane focus, but also I can make a DC 10 arcana check to cast a cantrip that I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. What are Silbeth's proficiencies for stuff like that? I I don't think I have any tool proficiencies. Okay, so first of all, I would say that someone, if they want to make a magic item, needs to be proficient in whatever tools would be used for making that item. So, like proficiency like a blacksmithing tools if you want to make armor and weapons and things like that but i mean that's part of why artificers are so good is because they are proficient with every tool um so they can make whatever they want right i thought as part of the process i would just acquire a hat yeah so that's also a possibility too you could just you could skip that part Mm -hmm. uh and then just you know have them buy like maybe essentially increase the price of the thing if they don't have the correct proficiency. Mm-hmm. But then the other thing I like to do is for there to be some sort of object that they need to procure that they can't just buy. Sure. Some sort of inherently magical thing that they need to get from the world. Okay. So like a really good example of this would be like phase spider silk. If they want to create something that like has sort of strange ethereal properties. And ogre's testicles, for, for example, could be used in a... All right, I like this. I like where this is going. So in order to create a hat of wizardry for, for Sylvath, uh, you're going to need something that allows that to happen. And when you're talking about wizardry and spells, you know that it's highly possible that Maddox's tower is the epicenter of the most powerful wizard that has ever lived on Crow Island. Therein lies the possibility for you to attain not just what you need for a hat of wizardry. You might find a hat of wizardry there, certainly. Yeah, and that's that's fine. I mean, honestly, I I was just struggling with what Silbeth would want to do during downtime. She's already accomplished her main goal of the reason she came to the island, you know? Yeah, I mean, I want to say yes, and then at the same time, 
I mean, you're already kind of like headed in that direction at some point. Sure, sure. Essentially, turn it into a mini quest. Yeah. yeah. Okay, great. I would say, uh, Silbeth asks around town to try to figure out, like, where can I get the things that I need to make a hat of wizardry? Something like that. And people mention Maddox. Oh, you want wizard stuff? The wizard's tower. But be careful, because most people who go there don't come back. So in that case, where, where did we buy that scroll? Is there there's like a, an item store? Or? Yeah, one of the tents down by the docks, I would say. Got it. I'm going to go down there and, and ask if they sell anything that... Uh, would maybe give me a little extra protection against wizards. As an Ophidian, you have advantage on all spell saves, right? That is true, yes. Mm -hmm. That is that is pretty huge. It really hasn't come into effect yet, but yes, I do. Yeah, it hasn't. We've, there's a lot of things we haven't experienced yet. Or perhaps undead. Uh, do they are, do they sell any holy water? Oh, yeah, I can sell you some holy water. Here, Here's a vial of holy water for two copper. Two copper, great. Can I take uh, 10 of those? No jeepers, creepers. Yes, of course. Take them. All right, great. Then he gives them to you. Thank you. You're welcome. Say, you come around here often? <laughs> um, are you flirting with me? <laughs> yeah. That's that's gross. Oh. <laughs> Bye. Mother tells me I need to get out of the house and start dating. <laughs> you probably should, yes. No, but not you. I'm not really in the market, but... Um, thank you for thinking of me. You're welcome. I don't know if you just bought real holy water, honestly. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess it was only gold. We'll see. Uh, is, is there anything that we should uh, research, guys? Any uh, subjects? Well, I would say either either the tower or the mines and what's really going on down there. The best place to learn about the history of Crow Island, Merchant Harbor, and the mining operation here is probably the archive, Scout Schellenberg's Tower. And we can tell them about the dogs. Yeah, in fact, you have your banquet for the dogs on Crow Island, and uh, you feed them all of this uh, food with the sterility potion, and the dogs, all of them, consume it. Or at least enough of them that it'll matter. I prepare uh, locate animals or plants, and so I learn the direction and distance to the closest creature or plant of that kind. So I'm gonna I'm gonna literally like over the course of these weeks try to locate every stray dog that I possibly can. You're like a twisted Johnny Appleseed. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's a ritual, so I can literally do it all fucking day. Yeah, <laughs> and. So yeah, you're not seeing much of Clubhead. Okay. <laughs> Congratulations, you've solved the problem of the stray dogs. Yay! It will correct itself over the course of the next four to ten years. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, nature moves slowly, baby. Okay? And I'm technically a druid, so I am doing good for nature. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. So can, I know we have a love posted. And someone mentioned it. I don't know how serious we are about uh, giving it to a land called 10. Does anyone in our party know what a love potion does? Like, do we need to have someone in front of him to love them? Or could I just give it to him sneakily and he just gets a better disposition? Oh, identify should have told you at least some of, of how to use it. Yes. If you were to pour this into a land called Tan's tea, uh, he would become charmed by the first creature he sees within 10 minutes of drinking it. <laughs> and he would be charmed by that creature for one hour. And 
if that creature is of a species and gender they are normally attracted to, they would regard them as their true love while they are charmed for that hour. Oh, okay. So it's a temporary love potion, not permanent. All right. Uh, are you going to go to talk to the mayor first to like get into the tower and see what's what's what? Yeah, that's smarter. Because Clubhead isn't with you. Scout Schellenberg allows you all in the archives to take a look around. Scout Schellenberg lowers the stairs that take you into this square structure at the top of his tower. It's about 25 feet square or seven meters. It's like a fire spotter tower and the stairs spiral up the inside of the perimeter of the structure. And as you walk past, you see this tiny mushroom colony. Remember that one that Clubhead talked to that, that he yes. told, don't go up in the tower anymore. Okay. So you walk past the mushrooms. The final set of stairs are retractable. Scout leads you up and he says, provided you don't break anything or damage any of the things in the archives, you're welcome to look around. So everybody give me a perception check. Except for Clubhead, because he's not there. You're welcome, guys. Eight. <laughs> natural 20. 24. Uh, natural one. Oh my god. Oh, bunny. <laughs> There's so many books in here, it gives you a headache. Like, so many things <laughs> to read. <laughs> Uh, Wendell, you also are kind of overwhelmed by the amount of knowledge there is to be taken uh, in in this room. But one of the things that all of you see is a large sign welcoming would-be visitors to the archives, and it reads, Welcome to the historical archives of Crow Island and Merchant Harbor. Long ago, a ship called the Stalwart Chicken was damaged by a storm, and despite drifting for weeks, the entire crew survived thanks to the leadership of Captain Parmela Crow. When land was finally sighted after a month at sea, the crew named the island after Captain Crow, oh. and the island was found to be incredibly rich in resources. Eventually, the ship was repaired in the harbor, leading to much of the crew returning safely to their families. With rich farmland and a perfect climate for agriculture, the island's new inhabitants found life easy. Rich mineral deposits and gemstones were found in the mountains, attracting investment by the Flark Mining Collective, and those investments continued until several mining disasters and violent monster attacks within the mines led to their closure. A brave party of adventurers were hired to destroy the monsters in the mines, and though successful, the monster problem continues to this day. In the tradition of the first adventurers into the mines, the leaders of Merchant Harbor provide a generous reward to all who undertake this heroic tradition. There you go. That's the sign that all of you see in the archives. But Silbeth, as you walk around and look a little bit closer at different things, uh, one of the things you notice is a ladder that leads up to the ceiling where there is a wooden hatch. Uh, and although while you're standing on the ground, you can't really like look at the latch and the door and see if it's a little trap door is locked or anything. You do make a mental note of it. You see a display case with some mining equipment in it and a lot of books that have to do with, you know, the things that are important on Crow Island, like livestock and farming and uh, orchards and things of that nature. Well, I, I guess I'll... I'll go up the ladder. As you start heading up the ladder, Scout Schellenberg looks up at you and says, What are you doing? Oh. That's my private uh, quarters. I'm sorry. Okay. You're not allowed up there. I go back down. Yeah, I, uh, I thought it was just part of the part of the archives. Sorry. No, 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 no. Everything you see here in front of you that's available to look at, it's, that's the archives. But my, 
My living quarters are up there. Uh, very good. That's not that's not for you. I'm assuming he's not just going to stand here and watch us, right? <laughs> Can I make a stealth check to try to sneak up there? I don't know if he's looking directly at it. Yeah, it's a it's a fairly small room, so a stealth check you you know from experience would have to be very high in order to I see sneak. Okay. Like if you had somebody distract Scout, that might help. I, I whispered the window, "Hey, could you like take him downstairs right quick while I go up there?" Sure, I can do my best. <laughs> hey, Scout. Yes. Um, say, can you come downstairs with me? I have something exciting to tell you. Well, why can't you just tell me the exciting thing here and now? Uh, well, I can't. I don't want my friends to hear. Oh. It's a secret. Oh. Well, we can we can step down the stairs, I guess. Yes. Mm. Give me a persuasion check. And that'll be a... That'll actually be a 19... Er, wait. One, two, two, it'll be a 20. Not a natural 20, but a 20. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, I understand. Sometimes you have to keep secrets from your friends. Uh, let's step down the stairs and you can whisper it into my ear. <laughs> Yes. And he takes you down the retractable <laughs> stairs. While he's doing that, you know, Bunny and uh, Silbeth are going to do what they're going to do. But what is the secret that you tell him? Scout, the, my friends are, I'm not totally sure that they're into this plan, but my friend Clubhead, who you know, the mushroom m- man. Oh, uh, horrible. Yes. Uh, yes. Yes. Well, he is uh, solving that dog problem that you uh, were so concerned about. What? Really? Yes. Oh, how? What? He's making all the dogs completely un- unable to uh, procreate ever again. Oh, I, l- I love it. It's not quite as wonderful as just murdering them all, but yes. uh, I like it. I think that's a good idea. I- I'm beginning to think uh, differently about this horrid creature. Yes, isn't that clever? It's very clever. But my friends, I'm not sure that they're on board with his plan, which is why he's off doing it by himself. Oh. You know, they uh, they they believe that dogs should be able to, you know, uh, have kids if they want to. Yuck. But yuck. Um. But yeah. But he and I are on the same page here. So yes, and I am with you. Anything that will reduce the dogs is a okay in my book. Yeah, this should take care of the problems uh, pretty quickly. You know, a few years. While this conversation is going on, uh, Bunny and Silbeth, what do you guys do? Uh, I want to go up the ladder, but stealthily so it doesn't, like, give us away. Give me a stealth check, and I think, is Silbeth uh, going to assist? Yes. I got a 24. 24? Oh, my God. You get up to the top of the ladder, and the uh, trap door up there is locked <laughs> from the inside. Aww. Oh, that mother... I, I tell Silbeth, uh, it's locked from the inside. You got, like, some... Can you, like... If we upset you, could you use your wild magic to teleport up there? I mean, uh, teleport is only one of many, many, many possibilities that could happen. Yeah, but we're lucky, right? <laughs> you could try to pick the lock. The lock is accessible to you, but... Oh, sorry. For some reason, when you said it was on from the inside, I... Yeah, yeah. All right, then. <laughs> There's not, like, a padlock on it. It's a, it's, it's a lock that's built into it. Yeah. Okay. So it's kind of like he's taken off the hinges or something man for how good it is i got a flipping nine yeah you haven't you haven't (laughs) used your lock picks very much and as you're working the picks in there and trying to turn the little lock it's just not it's not working for you so beth are you better at lock picking i used to be so good when i was a scamp but i'm large you're proficient bunny and it still didn't (laughs) yeah no I, i i doubt i'm better than you but um do you like do you want me to yeah. To help? Yeah, uh, can you gas me up? 
Give me some motivated. Give me a motivating speech right now. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you can do it. Just, just concentrate and look at the mechanism. You can do it. Do it for Tonka. Do it. Do it. All right, here we go. Come on. Thirteen. No. <laughs> this lock is too difficult to pick. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. If only Clubhead were here, he could cast guidance. <laughs> is it like a tower that has like windows and shit? Because I, I want to get up there now. Now it's a matter of pride. Can I like scale this tower? This room has four windows on on each you know east, west, north, south sides. It, it has windows. Can, I, I want to head to one of the windows and peer out and see if I could like climb up. Do I see like an entrance? You could open the window. Yeah, you could totally do that. All right, I want to scale up and see if I can get in from the top side. All right, give me an athletics or acrobatics check as you open a window and start climbing the side of the uh, three-story tower, the building at the top. Let's get it! Man, 11, a little 11. Despite being the most agile member of the Whoop Whoop Troop, this building is too difficult for you to scale. And as you're hanging on the side, trying to find a place to put your fingers or your toes to get up there, you can see that Scout Schellenberg has a room at the top of the tower. There's a window you could get in there if only you could climb up. Meanwhile, Clubhead, as you're making your rounds in Merchant Harbor, feeding the tainted meat to the stray dogs, you look over at the repository and there is Wendell the Wombat having a conversation with Scout Schellenberg. You continue down the street and that's when you look over and see your friend Bunny DePayne, who is hanging precariously out the window, trying to climb the side of the building. And he's not doing it very well. I wave at him. <laughs> uh, Clubhead's going to turn into a spider and climb up yes! next to uh, yes! Buddy. <laughs> so anyway, Scout, there's this new sandwich down at the um, Hammer Burger or whatever place. It's, and it's so good. Secret meat treat. Now, the secret part is that there's just a little bit of hidden meat inside the sandwich so you should try it it's so good oh. Schmoopy was down there earlier it's not all meat no it's not all meat oh well i like all meat well this is has secret meat oh club it hey hey look <laughs> can you get up there man uh we, we think there's like something in that room and then i point to where we're going unlock the door i want you to get up there if you can or Give me the strength to do it because I'm so stupid right now. I could use some guidance. Bunny, why don't we just let Clubhead go in there by himself and we'll just go back in here like nothing's wrong and he can look around. Uh, okay. Well, uh, so first of all, I can't talk while I'm a spider. I can't understand you though. So I will climb over to where he's pointing. Am I small enough to fit through any cracks or anything in there? Yes. As you get up above to this smaller room, you do see some cracks around two of the windows. There's two windows on either side of this smaller building uh, structure. (laughs) And you're able to get in. Once I am in, I will uh, first take a look around. Perception check, please. Okay. 25. Oh, my God. You see, there are tons of books on shelves aligning every wall in this room. There are bookcases and crates and boxes that are full of papers. There's a small desk and a chair and a bed and clothing and things kind of strewn about. 
Hmm. And it smells like a tabaxi. Uh, so it's definitely, and there's cat fur everywhere. Uh, I know, I know that smell very well. <laughs> Avoiding falling off the side of the tower, uh, Bunny climbs back into the uh, window. Yeah, you were kind of sitting on the ledge of the window anyway. So you guys go back in the tower, pretending like nothing's going on. The clubhead, as a spider, you're going around in that room oh, looking no. uh, for anything that could be a possible clue. And you see uh, on a table a journal, and it's stamped with the same logo as those crates in that building that you emerged from, from the sewers. The Flark Mining Collective oh. logo is stamped on this journal. Whoa. And uh, it's right there in front of you. I'm going <laughs> to shapeshift back into my clubhead form and grab that journal. All right, you grab the journal. You look actually on the floor, there is a trap door and there's a little turning mechanism there to unlock it. Uh, okay, oh uh, yeah, I'll unlock it and sort of creak it open a little bit and look, look down. You see there's a ladder going down and you see, oh, there's Bunny and, and there's Silbeth down in the hey. in the archives. Hey, Bunny, Silbeth, come up here. I'm not sure what you're looking for. Come on, I unlocked it. Meanwhile, these are all very interesting bits of information you've shared with me, uh, but I, I really should get back to well, writing. There's one thing that you need to, that, you, that I still haven't shown you, which is the most amazing thing of all. Oh, what? Check out this muffin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that another one of Batama's muffins? Yes, have you had them? Yes, you gave me one. It wasn't very good. Oh, you didn't like it? I didn't like it. No. Hmm. Well, what kind of muffin do you think you'd like? Like a, a muffin with meat and catnip in it. Ah, interesting. I bet she could make one of those. You should talk to her about that. I certainly and will. Then, and then I'll go back up into the archives and finish doing what I was doing. Well, now that's a really good idea. Okay. Except I just have one more really important secret to tell you. <laughs> Okay, what is it? <laughs> uh, I, um, I have a goat. <laughs> what? I was given a goat. Okay, anything else to that story? <laughs> well, yeah, here's the thing. I'm in love with my goat, and I don't know what to do. I what? know it's wrong. That is scandalous. <laughs> I know. Scandalous. I know, what can I do? You're the only person I've told. <laughs> I thank you for um, trusting me with this this information. Um, Can you? Do you want to meet my goat? Maybe you'd understand. Give me a persuasion check. <laughs> oh, big brains! Uh, that's an eight. I don't want to meet your goat. I really have to get back oh. to work. I've seen goats before, so. Don't you even want to know my goat's name? Yes. What is it? It rhymes with stuffy. Is it Duffy? Nope. Muffy. Nope. Buffy. Yes, it's Buffy. You got it. <laughs> Excellent. I I really should get back to work. <laughs> Meanwhile, up in the tower, uh, Silpat and Bunny climb up into this small room. Before I do that, I have a question. Yeah? If a spell says one creature you can see, can you cast the spell on, like, an object? What's the spell? Uh, infestation. It's an interesting idea. Typically, it would be used on a creature. What are you thinking? I would just like to cast this swarm of insects just like 
in the middle of the stairway <laughs> leading from the first floor up here. Mm. It's just like blocking the stairs. It would be like fleas and mites and things of that nature. And the reason that that spell infestation would work is because they are attracted to a, a warm body that they can bite. And then that person or creature would take like poison damage, right? Correct. So if you cast it in an area, I think that those fleas and mites and things like that would probably start looking for something to bite. And if they don't have anything there, they probably wouldn't stay there. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. I doubt there's going to be something like a mouse. Not in Scout Schellenberg's tower. Right, right, right. Fair enough. Let's go up to the room. Okay. So you guys <laughs> climb up to the room. Uh, Bunny and Silbeth and Clubhead, all of you give me an investigation check. 23. Nine. I use guidance on myself. Eight. Clubhead, aside from this book that you've that you've already seen, okay. uh, looking at it, you're, you're not really sure what to make of it as you page through it a little bit. Yeah. Bunny, also, you're like, man, this there's more books up here. <laughs> but Silbeth, when you see that book, that Flark Mining Collective book, you get a feeling like there's something in here that Scout is trying to hide. Okay. I think this book is important, guys. I'm going to stash it in my stuff. Bunny, I think you and I should just go back down and pretend like nothing happened. And Clubhead, I think you should relock the door and go climb up, down the outside wall. Yeah, I head down the stairs. All right. Clubhead, do you turn back into a spider or something of that nature? Once they're out, yeah, I will lock the door and then I will spider form my way out. I've had enough of this conversation, Wendell. I have important work to do. <laughs> And his tail is swishing side to side in annoyance. Okay, remember, don't tell anyone about the uh, goat thing. That's just between you and me. All right, well, uh, I'll uh, I'll finish my climb down and uh, transform back into club head form. Uh, I'll walk up and I'll say, oh, hello, Mayor. Hello, Wendell. <laughs> How are you guys doing? I-, I was just going back to work. Wendell was telling me about his his goat. Oh, yes, that goat is wonderful. Wendell loves his goat, Wink. I have to get back to work now, if you wouldn't mind. Are you sure you don't want to engage in a long conversation I've with me? I've already had a long conversation, and his tail is whipping back and forth. We're obviously taking up the mayor's time. We should let him get back to business. You hear Silbeth say this as uh, she and Bunny emerge from the archives, coming down the stairs towards Scout. And Scout turns around, and he says, Oh, good, you're done up there. I'm going to close up shop today. I'm exhausted. Okay, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) And as he turns and heads up the stairs into the archives, a young man comes running across the street from the direction of the wrestling gym. And he says, Pardon me, Mr. Ice Cold. Mr. Coppertop sent me to fetch you. There's a problem at your wrestling gym, and I'm afraid it's quite urgent. And that is where we will end episode 33 of the Valley of Green Coal. Many thanks to our Patreon supporters for making Rated RPG and the Valley of Green Gold happen. Thank you to our gorgeous Phoenix Brigade members, Mongoose, who submitted Don Goose. Thank you to Scott McGrath, who submitted the recently introduced NPC Beaver. And thank you to Anna, whose NPC submission is only one of a few we haven't met yet. Thank you to GreyWolf99, whose NPC we'll be meeting soon. Thanks to Bossanova Bill, who submitted Rokan Raskog. And thank you to recent Patreon friend Unknome as well. Our gratitude runs deep for Turtle and Crow, the Dukes, who have 
provided Rated RPG with cool physical props in addition to their support. Uh, they made the Alliance of the Righteous Light amulets, which we've given away. And many thanks to Lord Deputy Chris Fail. We couldn't do it without you, Chris. The Merchant Harbor Gazette tier has a brand new member. Brian Smallberries joins Weary Traveler, Super Justin 64, Spidey Mouse, and GBS Trek. They've all basically become local celebrities due to their headlines in the Merchant Harbor Gazette, and that tier also includes a rated RPG t-shirt. A recent arrival to Crow Island, Ray the Lazy Elf hired Great White Spark as his guide so he could investigate the carcass of a dragon turtle to the south of town. It's been there a while, and Ray was hoping to get inside its shell and find some treasure, but what he found was an overwhelming amount of methane and some very territorial crabs, which tore him and Great White Spark to pieces. Pieces which were putting into the bucket of friends. On behalf of everyone around Ye Old Gaming Table, thank you for enjoying the Rated RPG Podcast.